and welcome to episode six of the School Mentor Podcast. My name is Miff Marsteneck and I will be your host. So in today's session, we are keeping on the theme of all things coaching and mentoring in schools. Um, and we're going to talk about mentoring and loneliness, particularly focusing in on the loneliness that's being experienced, um, according to the Mental Health Foundation, by 88% of the young adults in our society. 88%. That figure blows my mind and makes me realise how much work there is to be done. So I want to talk about loneliness that is prevalent in the school setting when it is so busy when we are surrounded by people and why we're experiencing that loneliness and I also want to give you a couple of tools a couple of ways to focus I suppose on what we need to develop to get away from loneliness and really importantly how your peer mentoring program can directly influence this and impact this. Now a certain amount of loneliness in our lives is to be expected. We will naturally ebb and flow with all kinds of emotions. In the same way that sometimes we will feel happy, there are times where we will feel sad, there will be times where we feel lonely. And what we are, what I don't want to suggest is that we need to eradicate all negative emotions. And I really believe that we want to focus on emotional skills so that we feel comfortable and able to navigate our emotions well, rather than just negative emotion avoidance. Um, so we don't want to set the bar at everybody needs to feel brilliant all of the time. I don't think that's useful or realistic or actually provides much joy in life because there's no texture and no contrast. But I do want to recognise that high levels of loneliness mean it is far more likely that someone will go on to have real mental illness in their lives. Um, if somebody is lonely, then it is far more likely that they will develop particularly depression in the next uh, year to nine years of their life. So loneliness is something that if you've listened to the other podcasts that I have created, and if you haven't, then I would encourage you to go back and, and hear and, and learn from those ones. But loneliness is one of those emotions that I feel as a non-medical professional, we can address really, really well. Because it isn't as overwhelming to us as somebody with who is clinically depressed, who is clinically anxious. Loneliness is a much more familiar word to us. And I think that this there's a great opportunity for us to tackle loneliness in a confident manner where typically we would shy away from a more clinical word such as depression or a more serious diagnosis, if you like. Um, so... Let's think about this for a moment. And I always want to bring some common sense into how we address anything well-being related. We are in a society that is more connected than ever. We've got social media. We have got emails in our pockets all the time with our mobile phones. 
we have got so much connection available to us. So why has loneliness gone through the roof? And what I believe has happened here is that while we have got so much quantity of connection, we are missing the quality. We are missing those conversations that where we really felt heard, where we really connect with another person and understand them and feel valuable to them and, th- and that we feel um, that they are valuable to us and we create that exchange of energy, that is what's missing. And if you think about when when you've been lonely in the past, and this is why this is such a great point for us to create an intervention. When you think about the last time that you were lonely, how did you address that? The probability is that it wasn't fixed by going to your local supermarket and being surrounded by people who will probably say, yeah, hi, how are you doing to you? And carry on their way, that kind of superficial, high quantity interaction, you probably dealt with it by speaking to someone close to you, maybe one person. And that connection, that quality interaction was how you dealt with loneliness. So recognising that that quality piece is how we address loneliness, not a quantity of interactions, that is where we're gonna make some some impact in addressing loneliness. So keep that in your mind. That's our first thing that we wanna focus on is how can we create quality interactions? And school mentoring programs amongst peers, amongst pupils, bearing in mind, we all know that teenagers care far more about the interactions they have with one another than they have with us old fuddy-duddies. they want to interact with one another. So we need to help create quality interactions there. And the other thing that we need to help create is a strong sense of self. And realistically, that that is the purpose of being a teenager. The whole age and era of being a teen is about moving away from your family and becoming your own person. And so it is right that there are points in time where you feel uncomfortable or there are points in time where you feel lonely because it's that little bit of driver towards becoming your own person. But what's happening at the moment is that that journey is being muddied by the overwhelming quantity of low quality connections. And those low quality connections might look like social media interactions. They might look like um, comparing yourself to something that you are seeing on YouTube or how you're interacting with someone on Snapchat. And what's happening is when we are engaging and when our young people are engaging in those interactions they lose confidence in their ability to have a quality interaction a face-to-face no screens allowed interaction 
they get so comfortable with this quantity model that they lose confidence in the quality. I always remember the first um, mentoring program that I ever taught, a girl came up to me afterwards and she said, Miff, one of the best things about this program is how I'm chatting to my friends now. And she said that one of her friends had had a problem that they were facing. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember how serious it was. And she said, I just went and I spoke to her about it and I just listened and I helped her right there and then. And that was so cool because I've never done that before. And I said, okay, cool. What would you normally do? And she said, oh, well, normally I just wait till I got home and I'd send her a text. Like that was the normal thing to do, right? But that, that text is a low quality, high quantity interaction. We can send as many texts as we like. How many of us wait till we've had a, um, some kind of conflict and we, we send someone a text afterwards saying, I don't really want to deal with um, your emotions face to face. That's a bit much for me. Um, so I'm just going to text you and say sorry. Or I'm just going to text and, and try and rectify it so that the next time we can just kind of brush over all of that. We are missing such a trick, such an opportunity when we shy away from quality conversations. And a quality conversation is you speaking to me, maybe on a phone, maybe on a Zoom call, but two humans interacting in real life, not with that the delayed, um, I guess, reduction of pressure that comes with being able to rewrite your text or delete something after you've sent it. When you do that, you you take the, the opportunity of just having to deal with, uh, understand someone else's emotions in that moment and to respond and interact with that. We're removing all these elements of just human interaction when we rely on non-instant or, um, online interactions we lose that that element of of keeping up with with someone's emotions so i want you to think about how many opportunities there are for quality interactions between the young people in your school and a mentoring program is a super opportunity to create that. And then it's about this strong sense of self um, and enabling that process through quality rather than it being muddied by a high volume of poor quality interactions. Because we want peers to be shaping themselves that they will take influence from the people around them. We want people to be influenced by the, the humans around them, not by the um, computer-generated, Instagram-filtered versions of people. We want to be shaped by the real people around us. So we want to create that environment. And that's where mentoring can come in. So I look at the mentoring programmes that I see in school, and certainly when I come into a school, there's barely ever a school that I go into where they say, yeah, we've never, ever had a peer mentoring program here. The things that I normally hear are that we had a peer mentoring program and it completely fizzled out. We have one, but it doesn't seem to 
do anything and nobody really knows about it. We have a peer mentoring program, but it's just got a load of stigma around it. Um, it seems to be a really sticky thing to get off the ground. And every single program that I see that is failing is missing one of these three elements. So take a, take a moment to reflect on the mentoring program that you were involved in. And maybe you can think and identify which piece is missing. So the first piece is about purpose. When you have a clear purpose for your mentoring program, and I'm sure that <laughs> I might ruffle some feathers, but a clear purpose is not so that it looks good to parents on the website, okay? A clear, your purpose has got to be that it is benefiting someone in a particular way. It might be that you want to improve the interactions um, in a vertical way in your school. It might be that you want to address a particular problem that year eights and year nines are experiencing and you know that your year 11 and year 12s are really well primed to, to help them through that, that problem. Um, you want to define a clear purpose that people can buy into. And that those people, those stakeholders are the pupils themselves um, who are going to become your mentors, the pupils who are going to be your mentees and the teachers who you need um, to buy into this and not see it as a, a thing that gets in the way of their teaching or just another thing that they have to deal with. We need to recognise that everybody's busy and if we're going to add in or focus our energy on a mentoring program, there needs to be a real benefit to all of the stakeholders. So think through what that purpose looks like. Now, if I think about one of my, one of the schools that, that I work with quite closely, their purpose is around creating a whole school language for wellbeing. And when they've got that common language, it means that pupils are much faster to bring challenges and um, problems that they're facing forward because they've already practiced those conversations with a peer mentor. And so that when that problem, that they probably do, they manage to uh, resolve lots of problems in that conversation in the moment, but they also are then able to articulate those problems really well to teachers and teachers are then able to do a way more efficient job. So th for them, that idea of a common language around facing challenges is so important and has been really transformational in, in streamlining as well as improving wellbeing. It streamlines the process of dealing with problems. Obviously, problems still come up, right? But it streamlines how they are dealt with because everybody's speaking the same language and because everybody just knows that we bravely talk about these things face to face and we have interactions and we don't need to go through all the drama of, of uh, texting and emailing and, and all these other, other things. We can just have really good conversations. So think about that purpose. What does it look like in your school? How can mentoring actually benefit your pupils, both of your mentors and your mentees? How can it benefit the wider community? What is that purpose? The next one is structure. And this is the bit where I say, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I'm no longer in school doing this because that 
it's the one of the hardest bits is when are your mentors and your mentees going to meet? Are you going to formalise when those meetings happen? How are you going to find spaces for them to meet? Is it going to happen over lunch? Is it going to happen in breaks? Is it going to happen during tutor time? Knowing those things in advance and not just hoping that by emailing a mentor, a mentee's name, that they might go and have a chat to them and that they might manage to do all of that themselves. Everybody's busy in school. It is the absolute buzzword of schools is busy. Um, and we know that. We know that everybody has got these timetables um, to compete against. And we need to prioritise this. And it's really easy to prioritise it if you've got your purpose clear. But if you don't have a clear purpose, it will, like so many other things, go to the wayside and it'll get sort of turned up and, and it'll disappear very, very quickly. Those are the fizzle schools. Those are the fizzle programmes that just don't get any traction because we've not figured out the logistics of it. And people haven't got a clear buy-in as to why they want to support this mentoring programme. And then the last one is all around training. Now, as I'm sure you will know, I do lots of training for, for mentoring programmes. Um, but I want to take your mind back, whether you're thinking about uh, training from a this is me perspective or from, from an internal perspective or, or another organisation, what you are looking for from your training is developing those two things. So the quality interactions and developing that strong sense of self. And the way that you develop a strong sense of self is through an internal locus of control. So that is when you believe that you have the ability to influence the things around you rather than feeling at feeling like a victim, um, that you are just there at the whims of everyone else and, and that you don't, don't have any control over anything. So we are looking to develop those two elements. Now, when I go in to train mentors, they just don't have a clue what they're going to talk about when they sit down in front of a mentee. They want to, they want to help, right? They volunteered to be a mentor because they naturally are those people who have got empathy that, that want to give back, that want to help those around them. And so often, if you're setting up a mentoring program, you're not giving them any training, you are setting them up to fail. And not fail in that nice learning way, fail in that this is something you can't do, that you're rubbish that way and there isn't a clear um, way out of it. So we want your training to focus on developing quality conversations. And that means that your mentors have got to have the skills to unpack someone's challenge or the goal that they've got, you've got to, they've got to have the skills to be able to unpack that with their mentee and to start to form and uh, guide them towards an outcome that they want to achieve. And that during that, they are also confident in how they're gonna be able to um, support them as and when the mentee fails or comes up against another challenge, that they know what to do in all of those situations. So when you're looking at the training that you want to do for them, are you equipping them with that? 
And if you're not, then that is something that is going to be a very quick win for transforming mentoring in your school. Now, the other thing that um, the training has to deliver on is this internal locus of control, which builds a strong sense of self. And that happens when instead of focusing on advice in mentoring conversations, we focus on working side by side to problem solve. And yes, it is probably more of a kind of coaching and mentoring approach and maybe isn't what your pupils will think that they've necessarily signed up for, but their ability to learn these skills and learn how to uh, problem solve alongside someone rather than for someone will help them learn how to build strong connections. So there's a real benefit here to both your mentors and your mentees when they get effective training that helps them to develop their ability to connect with someone and to help that person solve their own problem. That is when connection is built versus when they give advice. And if you listen to last week's podcast, we were talking all about this, about how giving advice just kills creativity because so often advice doesn't land well and it doesn't encourage somebody to think for themselves. And what also happens there is there's a massive cost associated with that and that cost is breaking connection because when you receive advice, good or bad, that you don't want to take, it breaks that connection. It erodes your um that interaction between you and the other person because you just don't value the thing that they've offered you and they think that they've offered you something really great. So there needs to be this meeting together and that meeting together happens in problem solving, not in advice. So these are the three things that mentoring programmes have got to have in place for them to have any chance of thriving and being transformative in your school. But that cost, the cost of getting those three things right is so worth it. Um, The result that you get from that can be truly transformational, particularly when we think back to loneliness. Because when we want to address loneliness, we do it through quality interactions. And when we offer that quality of being with someone who is listening completely to you and you have their whole focus, there is no way that you can feel lonely in that moment. But it takes skill to offer that and it takes skill to confidently interact with someone in that way and know that you don't have to give them the perfect answer. Your mentoring program can be so transformational in your school and it is something that I absolutely love is mentoring. It's such an opportunity for your mentors, for your mentees, if we get it right. And 
I, I'm on such a mission with this that if we can if we can empower young people this way, then we don't need to do all that much more because they will do it themselves. They will have the skills. They will have the self belief, and they will understand what a true quality interaction looks like. And when they have that, they will build strong connections, and they will be on a brilliant path when they have those things in place. Brilliant, brilliant path. Avoiding loneliness, feeling confident when they are in in solitude. They will know who they are as a human being, uh, both as an individual and part of a community as well. So I hope that this has been useful. I hope this has helped you think about your mentoring programme in a very practical, what should it be delivering framework. And if this is, you know, if this is something that you think that you are interested in doing and that training maybe is a piece that you need some support and some guidance with, um, I would love to hear from you and you can reach out through the website. Um, It's this hyphen is hyphen me dot UK. But there's loads of resources on there as well, all around mentoring. This is something that I'm so passionate about and that I think schools have got a real gap in developing these skills. And this is an area where we can make it happen. Okay, we can't be the sole deliverers of it because the whole purpose of being a teenager is to interact with their peers. So if we can just give them the tools to do that better, then they're going to have such a huge impact on one another. So let me know your thoughts. Let me know your ideas on this. I'd love to hear from you. What do you think I've missed? I've always, always love that challenge too. But um, that is it for, for episode six. Please think about what you can take away in your school. Maybe it's that purpose piece. Maybe it's the structure. Have you, have you not actually figured out how they're going to do their meetings? And maybe it's the training piece. And if it is that training piece and you want to reach out to This Is Me, I'd love to hear from you. Um, but for now, we will call it a day. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate and value that you have chosen to spend some time listening to me today. So thank you so much. And I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the School Mentor Podcast. We hope you're leaving today's episode feeling inspired to create a stronger, more connected school community. To access more resources, be sure to visit our website at this-is-me.uk. It would mean the world to us if you subscribed, rated and reviewed our podcast and shared it with your fellow educators. Until next time, thank you for inspiring, mentoring and changing the lives of the young people in your community.